0: So hello, I am Dan Gooding, and welcome to The Immigrant Fiance. This new podcast is all about the visa which tens of thousands apply for each year, and yet they only make up a tiny fraction of the US immigration system. It's a visa which brings loved ones together, and it's the reason I am now married, living in New York City. It is, of course, the K-1, or fiancé, visa. Over the coming episodes, I'm going to be speaking with those who have gone through this process, those working in immigration and trying to unpick what can be a really daunting process, but ultimately has a wonderful result. In this first episode, I'll be explaining more about who I am and giving a broad overview of what the K1 visa is all about. I really hope that this is something which is useful to those of you thinking about starting this journey or who are already on it. So welcome to The Immigrant Fiance. With around 70 different types of visas, the US immigration system is seen to be one of the most complicated in the world.
1: We basically have a immigration system that has been, you know, that was created over 100 years ago that has had layers and layers and layers of changes that, and, and, you know, that have been piled on it so that um, it's, it's the, the most complicated immigration system in the world without a close second, as far as I'm
0: concerned. That's Greg Siskind, an immigration lawyer who spends his days trying to tackle the different hurdles the immigration system in the United States throws up. Many of them are work-based or for study, but there are those visas which can lead to permanent resident status. You might know that as getting a green card. For couples where one is a US citizen and the other from abroad, two options lay in front of them. They could get married in the foreigner's country and then apply for a visa. That's known as the IR1 or CR1 route. Yeah, they all have really catchy names. Or there is the K1. Both take time and before COVID-19, the K1 was often the faster option of the two. Kind of. We'll unpack that issue more next episode. But for now, how does it work exactly? Here's Greg again.
1: A K-1 is for a fiancé of a US citizen. couple has to have uh, met in person within the two years prior to the application going in. Uh, You have to demonstrate it's a bona fide relationship, which means that it's like legit. It's not any kind of fraud or something that's strictly transactional. The K-1s are a hybrid model. They are technically a non-immigrant visa, like an F-1 student visa and a B-1 visitor visa, and an H-1B is for professional workers. So K-1 sort of fits into that category. They're treated as temporary visas, um, but they, I mean, they're technically that, but they're treated as green card applications in all other respects.
0: Well, in 2017, K1 visa admissions made up less than 0.05% of all non-immigrant admissions into the United States. B-type visas, those are the ones which give you temporary entry for business and tourism, make up the vast majority of annual non-immigrant visa admissions for obvious reasons. If you've been to the US on holiday or vacation, you'll know that it is a bit of a process to get an ESTA, But really, it's just a short online form compared to applying for something more permanent. When it comes to the fiancé visa, most applicants come from the Philippines, followed by Vietnam, the Dominican Republic, Mexico and the UK, like me. I met my husband David in November 2018. We were both solo travellers in Seville in Spain, and on the first night there ended up in a restaurant. From the moment we met, it just clicked. We had the evening together and then spent the whole following day exploring the city and getting to know one another. We made promises to visit each other in the UK and US and said a sad goodbye. But we kept on chatting and David came to the UK the following March and so began a long distance relationship on a different scale. And it's a similar experience for many others like us.
2: Back in 2016, I got the opportunity through my university to go do like a study abroad year. And my course was hospitality. So for us, it was working in the hospitality industry. And I got to work for Disney. And Disney um, agreed to take me on, give me a job working at the Grand Floridian. So I came out and lived in Orlando, Florida for a year. And it was my my intention just to come out here for the year, enjoy my time with my university friends, you know, and just make the most of the experience. I thought it was just going to be a one time thing, you know, just one year in America, get to see what life could be like and then get to come home to the UK. But whilst I was working for Disney, um, I met Zach and Zach is now my husband.
3: Well, we met on Facebook. It was just like a page for like anxiety and people that have got family members that are going through depression or anxiety and things like that. Um, And my friend at the time, I was supporting her through therapy. So she added me into this group Um, and I was just scrolling through one day, just, you know, seeing how people were, seeing if I could help in any way because I've actually studied it um in college and stuff like that so I was just trying to help a lot of people out and I just saw his comment on there um and I just added to him as a friend because <laughs> I thought we'd be friends and I didn't message him for like two weeks so I was terrified to say anything um I noticed he had tattoos I have tattoos and everything and we kind of just spoke about that first and he was just there for me as a friend and we were kind of just building on that we had I had no idea he was in America he had no idea I was in the UK for a, about a month So we were just talking about everything we had in common, really. So,
0: I mean, that's amazing to have no idea kind of where you guys were in the world, but to already have like a connection going on is, is pretty awesome.
3: Yeah, we just connected instantly. And, you know, we just spoke about everything. We were so similar. But like I said, I had no idea he was the other side of the world and he had no idea where I was we didn't speak on the phone or anything for at least a month and then obviously we knew that each other were so far apart but it didn't stop us from trying to figure out a way to make it work.
0: That's Kirsty and Luke who we'll hear more from in following episodes but just those little snippets from our conversations show you how so many end up in similar situations from around the world connected to the US by someone they fall in love with. The thing is pretty early on you've got to make a decision right? For couples who live in the same town or city or even country, there's the luxury of just enjoying the time spent together, working out if Tuesday or Friday works best for a date or to hang out. The idea of even deciding to move in together, let alone get married, it feels really distant at the beginning. But for David and me, with around 3,000 miles between us, that scenario wasn't an option. And it was the same for others. Here's Kirsty and Luke again.
3: Literally after the first time I visited, we knew that one was going to move to the other one. We just didn't know who was going to move where, but we knew that one had to move somewhere to kind of make things work long term. Um, Because how I am, I didn't want to do the whole long distance in different countries for like five, 10 years time. I know some people do, but that's not really for me.
2: By the end of 2017, we um, did agree to do long distance. We didn't know At that point, if we were gonna get married or not, but I think we both knew we loved each other by the time the year was over. I went back to the UK, finished my degree, and then we agreed to start the K1 visa process because in 2018, he proposed to me on one of his visits to the UK. He asked me to marry him. Obviously I said, yes, 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 yes. And we started the process. Well,
0: for David and I, we weren't sure which route to take at first. People had joked about the fiance visa, But we met with an immigration lawyer in February 2020 and talked through a few options. Maybe a work-based visa, which would have cost over $5,000, so no thank you. We also talked about studying and the CR1 I mentioned earlier, but none of these seemed certain or particularly fast. We knew we wanted to live together sooner rather than later, as we were going a month or so at a time without seeing each other. Yeah, that seemed a lot then. February 2020, remember? little did we know. So we decided to go for the fiancé visa, which at the time had a seven-month turnaround. Again, more on how that changed in the next episode. So what comes next once you've decided to take this route? Well, the first stage is the I-129F form, more catchy titles. Basically, this is your initial application, and it's a chance to show off your relationship. Once that is submitted and paid for, it's a waiting game for the USCIS to approve or deny the application. Then that pack is transferred to the embassy or consulate of the partner in the foreign country. In my case, this was London. And then there is a two-part stage, the medical exam and then an interview at the embassy. Again, these cost you money. And often the embassy staff will tell you on the day if the application is approved or not. And then they send you a very large official packet with your visa pack in, which you must not open. And your passport's there alongside it as well. At this point, you are allowed to enter the US under the K-1 visa. It's usually valid for around six months, depending on your medical exam. And then the 90-day countdown begins to get married. So it's not just the 90-day fiance. It's quite a timeline. Are you keeping up so far? Don't worry if not, the coming episodes will unpack these stages in more detail, I promise. And then once you're married, well, I'm afraid that's not the end because the K-1, well, it's just temporary.
1: Basically, with the K-1, you technically enter on this temporary non-immigrant visa, and then you're expected to apply to change that to permanent residency after you're in the United States.
0: There's more paperwork for the adjustment of status or green card like we talked about earlier. It sounds a lot because it feels like it at times, but it is so worth it, and so is the cost. The initial stage up until leaving your home country for the States will cost around $1,000. So yes, it is a process, but I really hope to guide you through this whole thing as we carry on with the immigrant fiancé, and that it helps to bring the two of you together with as little stress as possible. Well, that's it for this first episode. Thank you so much to Greg, Kirsty, and Luke for their time. More to come from them and others in upcoming episodes. Next time, how coronavirus has dramatically affected the K1 process and how couples and lawyers join forces to fight the US government's policies. I'll chat to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Immigrant Fiancé.